0: Welcome to Happy Hour, a podcast about work and life with your hosts, Penny
1: Blackmore and Brittany Bowering. And if you like the show, can you please rate, review and subscribe? Or can you rent out a billboard in Times Square saying, Happy Hour Career podcast, that's the one that you need to listen to, guys? (laughs) Our asks just keep getting more and more realistic. Great, I'm great. It's a beautiful day here in Berlin. I feel like um, Bri- me and Brittany are cheersing we're, via Zoom. We're actually having like this is we haven't
0: done this in a while where we actually have real alcoholic beverages while we chit chat.
1: Yes, yeah, that's the advantage of recording the pod in the Arvo yeah, instead of the morning. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm great. I'm great. I have. Uh, some little things going on, some big things going on, and life is good. Hey. And have you ever watched the show Killing Eve? Yes.
0: Um, okay, so season three is back. So here's the thing: I am a really big fan of Sandra O. Oh. I don't know if you knew, Are you really,
1: because of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, actually, no, but I mean, yes. Oh. I
0: guess that was, of course, mm-hmm. the first, you know, uh, my first Sandra O. Oh experience. But first of all, she's mm-hmm. Canadian. Okay.
1: Well, is she? Yes.
0: I know Cute. Second of all She was in that Really great uh, movie About wine What was that one Court No uh, The one where where the This like Grumpy old man Travels around And he ends up being He ends up meeting Sandra Steve
1: Coogan Oh damn What's that stupid oh, movie called
0: think. It doesn't matter But anyway She was in that one okay. And it was great uh-huh. And also I worked at a restaurant She came in for dinner um, <gasps> And she
1: was Really nice I bet she was. Right? I bet she's the Tom Hanks of women. Yes, Benny. Yes. (laughs) That is exactly what she is. God damn. Says what she does on the packet. Lovely, funny, weird person. Yeah. She's just like cool and chill and down to
0: earth and she was just so kind and, you know, unassuming. It was just great. I just like her a lot. So yeah, I I have watched Killing Eve, but I I don't think I've watched all the way to the, like I wouldn't be ready to start third season, you know?
1: Okay, well, I'm ready. I've got all the episodes down, uh, illegally downloaded. Nice. And I just need to get rid of the people in my house so that I can sit down and turn into a full vegetable. Well, this is the real problem, them. right? Like when you live... Eat them. <laughs> watch them.
0: <laughs> you're a total. If Penny's in your house, she going to eat you. I mean, if you're in her house, you know what I mean. Um <laughs> Yeah, this is the big problem with me. I have several shows that I want to watch, but unfortunately
1: I've always got a, I've always got a Philip when I'm watching TV. It's surreal. I'll tell you, I need to take a vacation. And I'll tell you what, they always tell you that you can watch the TV with them there, but you can't because they're girl shows. They're about embarrassing girl things. Mm. And sometimes like the other day, one of the people in my house who is a man was like, um... I was watching this show and he's like, is all they talk about this thing? And I'm like, see, that's the kind of contribution that I don't need. (laughs) Shut up.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's all they talk about.
1: And I don't want to hear about
0: it. Exactly. Um, Yeah, that's totally right. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that the problem is with the shows that I like, they're often because I really love like a dramedy. Right. And often they are very unrealistic. these shows and that's what you want that's what you want And I just keep hearing from the German in my house that you know this would never happen well that's completely ridiculous I'm like that's why we watch the shows I don't that's the point otherwise I'd sit here and watch you if I wanted to know what real life was like you know what I
1: mean there's too much real life in real life I'll tell you honestly Fucked up. outrageous Anyway, um, and how about you, Britt? Sorry, I've been rambling on for a moment. Oh, no. a hot sec! I really chimed in there,
0: pretty pretty hardcore. So, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, I'm doing really good. I took a little bit of a long weekend. Uh, I took yesterday Wonderful. off of work, and I uh, I drove out to see a mutual friend of Penny and our and my um, and mine. Penny, and, you know you know how you say that. I don't know how you say that, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. A friend of Penny and and mine. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you, um, and I'll tell you. So I rented a car. Um, I just forgot how great like driving on a highway can be.
1: Ah, oh, I love driving. Oh, I'm not such sure I love time. it on the highway. I get very bored, and then I f- have those micro sleeps that they want. Oh, warn Penny, you about. I mean, don't tell me that. I will never drive. <laughs> I'm always
0: the driver if we're in a car together. That's that's it. It's been decided. Um, okay. okay, great. The thing about so driving. In Germany on the on the you know, Autobahn, as they call it, is actually like pretty scary sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, they really zoom along. I don't call it the Autobahn, I call it the zoom zoom. I'm like, (laughs) look at all these fucking Fast. right? And I'm a really slow driver on the highway. I like to like keep it very sensible, like what, like, and so i like always a, just like, How, how like much 90 kilometers no, an hour no. is a good one for no, me? No, no, but like, Penny. and if you've got a good car, I'll push it up to 100, 100. but I'm always like,
0: <laughs> But I'm always like, go around, go, go around. around. You just constantly have your hand up telling people to go around. That's hilarious. Yes. So, that's super dangerous. First of all, to drive slow no. or to drive fast is really really dangerous that's what that's my problem the same. yeah that's my problem with this whole Autobahn where it's like there's no speed limit because it's very dangerous you never know how fast someone's coming up behind you you know so you don't know if you can mm. like move into the other lane because you see someone coming but you're like are they going like 180 or are they going like 120 you know because I'm a 120 yeah. driver I drive at about 120 sometimes I push that's it nice. to 130 like you know 130 you're maybe. a capable woman yeah. what can I say that's right That's right. but I had such a great mm-hmm. time like the drive was so therapeutic like I just yeah. had so many moments where I was like, this is really great. (laughs) I had music blasted. I was just like
1: going for it. You know, it was great. Did you sing along the whole time or just like half of the time? Pretty much 85% of the time. So yeah. 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 Uh, I've had those moments too where I'm just, and like sometimes when you're driving away from your hometown, it's literally like driving away from your problems, you're like, bye, bitch. Yes, I'm out of here. Totally. I, it was funny because I was like, I hope that's not the feeling that I'm
0: having right now, you know, where I'm driving and I'm super happy. But I think it was more just that I needed this break and this and this getting out of the city feeling, which I think is just yeah. so
1: important sometimes if you live in a big city. I think also it's like there's something about the single task. All you have to do yes. is drive. It's just, yeah. Penny. Yeah. Exactly. I thought, it's very, it's very, uh, meditative. It's meditative. I thought about that, that as
0: well. I was like, mm. while I was doing it, I was like, it's so cool that I, like, I have to focus on this one thing. Can't think about, I didn't even like, you know, t- actually texts were popping up onto my, um, display, but not the actual text. Probably old. from They me. were a lot for, from you, <laughs> but it was just like, it would just say like Penny Blackmore text or whatever. But I was like, I can't mm. even look at my phone. Like it was just so, it was so nice.
1: Yeah, I really liked it. Was it was probably me texting Brit saying, hi, I can't wait for... Okay, so Brit and uh, our friend Jamie and our friend Venla and I are going out for dinner on Friday to a restaurant, which is like a new whoop, thing whoop. that you're allowed to do here in Berlin. Yeah. Uh, and I booked no less than five restaurants <laughs> just in case, because I was like, I'll just book them all and then I'll give the girls the down low. <laughs> So I was like, just writing these essays on WhatsApp, love that so much, so that much. We could be up to date with my restaurant movements. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Anyway, I, when yeah, when I got the news that you booked five places, I was like,
0: fucking exactly. You know, that's why we're friends, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, absolutely
1: perfect. Yeah, Shit done. <laughs> I are going to bounce a few ideas off each other. We've got a couple of topics that have been on our minds this week. Uh, And so we're going to start off by talking about remote work. Obviously, everyone's flipping talking about remote work at the moment. Yeah, we hope you're not um, sick of hearing about it, but we're bringing a different angle to it, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I think a lot of people have been talking about how to do it well, but I want to sort of debate with Brittany and the rest of you maybe can think about it too. Like, is remote work a good thing or is it kind of a bad thing for people and companies and so on? Yeah. Um, What do you think, Britt? This is a great
0: question. I love that you brought this up because, you know, there are so many things about it that are so great, but lately I really, like, I really have been thinking like, oh. But it was it was better when I was in the room, you know? Like, it was just—it yeah. was better. I don't know if it was better for my clients or for, you know, the people that I was working with, but for me, it really was,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, my initial— uh My initial opinion on remote work before it even became kind of a thing during coronavirus was that in a way it was kind of emblematic of companies failing to provide like a productive and safe work environment where people could actually get shit done and not be harassed and not like, you know, like be distracted and have too many meetings and stuff. I'm like, you're kind of forcing us to take on the burden of doing a productive and good job by doing it in our homes. Like there's something Mm. a little bit wrong here, if that's the solution. Um, But then on the other side, I guess, like, I I read an article today that was talking about uh, the idea that remote work could actually solve the problem with gentrification in big cities. Mm. So instead, and it was specifically referring to London, the idea that pretty much all of the work in the UK is in London, um, and it kind of drains uh, the youth from small towns and little communities. That's fascinating. Um, Isn't it interesting? I had never thought of it like that. I love that idea. Um, cuz god
0: i'd love to like you know i don't i don't have to live in like the epicenter of you know I, I, like i don't have to live in right in berlin right in the center of berlin but i also don't want to live in like a sleepy town where there's nothing going on it'd be nice if it was mm. dispersed a bit you know if there was some cool yeah
1: yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, like, I think everyone knows that in San Francisco, the rents have gone mm. up to a point where they're just unaffordable for anyone who used to live there before um, Silicon Valley arrived. Yeah. So maybe it would kind of account for some of those issues of, like, everyone having to flock to these um, career epicenters. Yeah. Um, I thought that was so interesting. That's
0: fascinating. I mean, I think it's so... Uh like, yeah, for the rental market as in like, you know, just real estate prices and everything, obviously that's really interesting. And then also for the fact that like, yeah, like we just sort of, um, like there are for London, for instance, right? Our friend and podcast producer, Kit, has oh, has yes. moved to this um, kind of small area outside of London, and it's this classic thing where, because London is now too expensive for anybody who's not working in, like, the financial industry or whatever, everyone's starting to move to these outside places, and then those pockets, of course, will start to develop, and then a bunch of people move there, and all these things will happen, and then those will be too expensive, and then people move, you know, and it
1: would just be so nice to avoid that whole fucking situation, right? Yeah. But then also there's another impact, which is like when people work at home, Like for me, as an example, I think this could be the same for a lot of people. You're not necessarily working at home all the time. You often have to go to a cafe or something because otherwise you're going completely stir crazy. So what's the impact on like small cafe businesses and small like little businesses in in suburban areas that aren't really prepared for this kind of uh, shift in the workforce? Um, I just thought the whole like... Because we, we think of it in really binary terms like you work at an office and you get distracted and you have to do a lot of meetings and you might get uh, harassed or bullied or you work at home um, and you just work at your like home desk yeah. um, and apparently you're much more productive there but I don't think that's I don't think it's binary at all I think there's so many shades of gray in between and I think this whole coronavirus thing will be a really interesting experiment in the transition from one to another yeah. Absolutely. Or are playing in that space.
0: Yeah. Are you excited for, like, for remote work to be over? Or are you kind of like, how are you feeling? Are you sort of like, have you gotten into your stride and your...
1: I'm fine with it. I mean, I was kind of doing it anyway, so it wasn't really a huge transition for me. But uh, the thing that I'm really interested in is whether it's going to end work travel, because now people are going to put a lot more effort and resources into setting up their home offices to run workshops and to facilitate stuff and we're all going to get much better at remote uh, collaboration. So now isn't going to be really hard for people like me and goddamn Brittany (laughs) to pitch a company. (laughs) To do some flipping travel. Yeah. And, I, you know, we love a bit of work travel. So um, is it going to be really hard for us to justify that expense on, on the client's behalf?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that'll be super interesting because I think it'll depend just on the values of the company, right? Like whether or not they really see the value of that kind of FaceTime and that energy. And because what remote, what I find, what remote, remote workshops really don't do necessarily as well as in person or definitely not Mm -hmm. as well is Mm -hmm. give that kind of energy, like, you know, motivation, momentum, you know, you can really try and you can try to give them that feeling, but it's really difficult through a flipping screen.
1: And it's, it's a sad thing because I remember when you and I used to do training stuff together, like we had people like giving high fives and they'd be all smiles and they'd want to hug us afterwards. And it was like this very human, positive, connected experience. Whereas now I can't imagine like doing a workshop and then just closing my laptop and being like,
0: Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's really weird. It's just me now. The weird thing. It's such a weird, a strange feeling afterwards. I Mm. never know what to, I'm like, I want to c- celebrate kind of but like <laughs> nobody's here who was a part of yeah. the you know like it's just sort of like all right it's a bit of a um a kind of a letdown anti-climax, anti-climax. Yeah. exactly yeah exactly interesting yeah. yeah
1: fascinating I um I wanted to I talk about like this might be uh, sorry to interrupt but I feel oh. like it might be a good uh, place to lead into the tech savvy thing
0: Oh, totally. Don't you think? You're absolutely right. Um, Okay, take us in, boys. All right. So one (laughs) one topic that actually I wanted to bring up this week, I had some really interesting chats um, in the car with uh, my friend Jamie because I brought her back to Berlin with me. So we had tons of time to chat about this and that. And one thing we were talking about, which I thought was super interesting, is sort of this um, need to be somewhat tech savvy in the world today and how you know in how much of a need is there for you to really sort of keep up with where technology is and where it's going and to be kind of on the pulse? And then what does that even mean, right? So to be tech savvy, does that mean you also should be, you know, involved and understand social media um, platforms and kind of know what's going on there, you know, know what the kids are up to and that kind of thing? Like, where do we draw the line? But also, you know, where do we where do we say, you know what, like I have to actually this is something that I need to work on because will like, I I might be left behind, you know, if I'm not keeping up, if I'm not really kind of uh, committing to this. Mm. What do you think? Mm. Do you think that it's like like for you, I think for you and I, we're both not very like we're not the most tech savvy people, but we're also mm. not like, you know. We can record this podcast uh, remotely with each All other. By so, ourselves. so let's get real. I mean, <laughs> the first time was a bit tricky, but you know, <laughs> we figured it out. So, obviously, we're not the the you know we're not completely hopeless when it comes to tech. But I'm just curious mm. what you think about that.
1: I think that essentially, you need to know what's happening within the ecosystem of your job and your industry. So, like, mm. even if and even if you're in something that's uh, typically not technical, like book publishing. It's a really good idea for you to have a, a finger on the pulse when it comes to, like, trends and forecasts and things that might happen to your industry. Yeah. Um, and, and that's for your benefit. Um, I do think that actually... Yeah, being working, having worked in the tech industry for the past six years or so, I found that there's almost like an, a disdain for people who aren't interested in tech. Like mm. I remember saying to a boss once like, after I had left, (laughs) um, I wouldn't say this during my employment. Uh, but I was like, listen, I don't care about digital products. I actually don't care about apps. I don't care about websites. I don't care about Apple and I don't care about Facebook. I care about business and I care about people. Um, and those other things are part of that ecosystem of stuff I need to know, so I'll know them because I need to, but I don't think I should have to pretend to be deeply fascinated by the new AirPod Pro. Like That that kind of pisses me off that there's an expectation that you're actually deeply interested in in random gadgets that actually contribute to tech waste and don't do anything good for anyone really. So Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Fucking well said. Like I completely <laughs> agree. Like I, I also don't care about even, I don't care about social media platforms. Like I don't mm. care that, you know, um, about all these different ones and how to, you know, for me, it's about what is your message and how can you communicate that best? And whatever platform you decide to choose or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever tech you decide to use, that's, um, that's secondary to everything, you know? So I had this really hilarious epiphany that I just have to tell
1: you about because— I can't wait. When I came I up with a it— a hilarious
0: epiphany. Honestly, when is this, this happened— no This kind of epiphany. When this happened, <laughs> I—you <laughs> know when you think of something and you're like, oh my gosh— I think I nailed it. You know, this is exactly (laughs) what was going on. So here's what happened. I was talking with Jamie and we were talking about different. She was like, you know, I think I really need to actually like get involved on social media. She's like, because I just don't even know how it works, you know? And I was like, well, yeah, maybe, but like, don't you know like i think it's important that you know different platforms but i don't think that it's important that you spend more time necessarily on them right so we we're debating back and forth about this about how important it is and then um we talk we tiktok got brought up and i really don't like tiktok and mm-hmm. i think that it's um I just think that it is a complete and utter waste of human life. Um, (laughs) And I don't mean like there are some. Let me just explain because I know probably a lot of people listening have TikTok and use it. Yeah. Quit this podcast. And it's not that I think because there are some hilarious things that go out on tiktok and some really like like i've seen some very smart very emotional also very funny videos that i was like that was really good very creative you know so i, I, I appreciate the effort that and it's kind of cool that all these like random people can um just post a video that can go kind of crazy right but the problem is with tiktok let me just so i'm currently reading i'm gonna make a connection here for you guys Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I'm currently reading The Handmaid's Tale, all right? Which I know is like old banana. It's not what I was expecting. It's It's old news, right? Like I've seen the show and everything, but I just thought I would actually read the book. And I came across this quote and I just was, I just thought, Oh my God, that is exactly what it is. So um, I'm going to read the quote and then I'm going to tie in TikTok to this. So uh, so she's talking about a, a, an experiment with the pigeon, with pigeons, right? So she says, and the one on the pigeons trained to peck a button that made a grain of corn appear, three groups of them. The first got one grain per peck, the second one grain every other peck, and the third was random. So... Basically, the, the third group of pigeons, like, just whenever, got a, got a, yeah, yeah, random, whatever. randomly got the, the grain, the corn, the grain of corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the man in charge cut off the grain for all of the groups, the first group gave up quite soon. The second group uh, gave up a little later, and the third group never gave up, and they
1: pecked themselves to death. Oh, my okay. God. It's like an instant pokey machine. Yeah, uh, What exactly. do you guys call them? A slot machine. Yeah,
0: right. Mm. So... So I read that and I thought, oh my God, this to me is exactly what TikTok is because the reason that TikTok is so addictive, and it is, it's a very, very addictive platform. And so okay, are many social media, it. like a lot of social media, obviously, is very addictive because you're it's like the scroll, right? You're scrolling. Mm-hmm. But with TikTok, there's so much shit on TikTok. But every once in a while, you scroll you up and you find a gem. And that uh. is this like this ecstatic and you get so excited and you're laughing or you're whatever you're reacting to it it's the
1: dopamine rush
0: it's the dopamine and then you keep going and you go through so much shit until again Mm. at some random point they'll show you something good and it's like it just reminded me I was like this is the saddest you know like I just don't want to be a part of that
1: Mm, we are also too old. I think if yeah, you're over okay. It, <laughs> it might <laughs> be less deep than that. Age, okay, fair enough. You, it's just but do you remember Vine? Oh yeah. Six seconds. See, that was the whole thing. And I I, I mean, like, I would watch fine videos and I'd be like, I see why this is very funny. Yeah. But also I want to know what happens in the end. <laughs> it's <laughs> too short. Tell me short. more. I need to know that if the guy jumped through that glass window and landed on his grandmother, was the grandmother angry? Like, what? how does she feel? What's going on? Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 What was is her it, reaction? So, yeah. What did I'm Nana say? But um, I feel like social media stuff is like, Everyone's trying to pick what's gonna be the next Instagram basically. Like I Instagram know. Remember when Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars and yeah. everyone was like, Well that's fucking crazy. And now who's laughing? Like yeah. it is insanity. Like yeah. but then Snapchat's gone through the floor, like Vine's over. Yeah. I wonder if TikTok will survive. Um, and I, I actually have no opinion on whether TikTok will survive, but um Yeah, I have no idea.
0: It might it's, I, it's, I mean all it's just, extremely
1: um, popular, so
0: yeah, it could be around um, for a while, but I'm against it. I mean, okay, you know what I mean. Anyways,
1: I already explained. Yeah, I'm back to being tech savvy. Yeah, I think it's really. Uh, sorry, actually, this is not about being tech savvy. But I uh, listened to this podcast at some point within the last six months that was talking about the idea that in the future, in the not too distant future, actually privacy and anonymity, anonymity, will be like at a premium. So you'll actually have to pay to have all of your data off the internet and you'll have to not, and you'll want to be off Instagram and Facebook and stuff because it's kind of like in a class system, the lower, like a lot of people are on Instagram and rich people like to do what the opposite of what everyone else is doing. They want to kind of have, yeah. So I (gasps) thought that was a really interesting spin on it.
0: Absolutely. That's so fascinating. I mean, The thing about being um, tech savvy in general or or having a hold on how technology works and following it is that I think it's just, um, it's like, it's like keeping up with, um, you know, societal norms, right? Like you have to, on some level, keep up with these things um, in some way or else you remove yourself so far from how the world works like at some point you're not going to be able to have a bank account if you don't know how to operate like download
1: an app that's true you know so and I think also like uh, in terms of your career you you should always be in the habit of learning and always be in the habit of doing stuff that makes you slightly uncomfortable like when I worked at one startup, I had to have someone sit down and like explain all these coding languages to me, and he was just—he was not happy about it. But uh, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't care less, but also I need to know, and it's—it is interesting once you get into it. So I think my consensus is like. You shouldn't have to pretend to care, like, and, and I would be very active mm. personally at, at a certain level of your career about saying, like, listen, I don't have to care about this, but I do care about it on some level. Like, don't pretend that I, I don't want to have to pretend that I'm someone I'm not. Yes, um, but you should. Uh, I would say, like, keeping up with what's relevant is interesting and, and important. Important.
0: Yeah. Okay. Problem solved. Oh, I'm glad about that. Cheers
1: to that. Speaking of tech. Speaking of tech. Um, one of my friends is a developer. Actually, all of my friends are developers, yeah. um, except for you, Britt. Uh, and they saw a job posting the other day that was, um, oh, fuck, now I'm not going to remember what it said, but it was like, we're looking for a full stack, not ninja, unicorn, but something like that. Like, unicorn, unicorn yeah. Warlord. Oh, warlord. That's what it was. Warlord. And I was just like, are you yanking my chain? Like, don't say warlord. First of all, it's gender not inclusive because lords are typically men and war is also typically for men and created by men. But also, like, it just made me start thinking, and he started reading it out a little bit. And I was like, okay, so first of all, for our audience who are looking for jobs and they're looking at job descriptions, there's two sides of it. Like a job description is always a wish list. It's not necessarily what they expect to get. Um, often they're just being like ludicrously hopeful and, and hoping that they can get like a really senior person at a junior price. So just keep that in mind. And sometimes if you think, oh, listen, I, it looks like they're asking for too many skills, whatever, just apply for the job anyway, because they're just 99% of the time they're being ridiculous. Yeah. And if you're posting jobs as a managing uh, a hiring manager, then please Tone it down on the ludicrous, like... Lingo. Really over the... T- like, yeah, it's just too much. Like, no warlords, no ninjas. We are adult human beings doing <laughs> jobs. We're humans. Like, don't be like, I'd like a cute puppy to be my receptionist. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really too bad that... I mean, writing a job description is not uh, easy, you know, but you need to spend some time with it and I hate when people just follow the trends of job like they just like see a job posting they're like copy paste change around a few things done yeah you know it's like it doesn't it should reflect your company it should reflect the position it should reflect the values like it's just so aggravating when it's just yeah it's just so um
1: impersonal Yeah, but also it just flipping it puts people off. Like my friend saw this job and he was like, I'm not going to apply for that because it looks stupid. So you basically said to someone who is more than capable of doing that job, no, I'm not going to apply for it because it looks stupid. Or if you're kind of being too... if you're exaggerating what you actually need for the role, which I know a lot of companies do, mm-hmm. um, then you're putting people off because they're not going to have the confidence. If they're self-aware people, they're not going to have the confidence to apply for a job that's like, you need exceptional this skill and <laughs> exceptional that skill. When let's be real, like most teams are completely average and almost nobody needs to be exceptional. That's so like, true. <laughs> that's like so just true. tone it down a bit. Yeah
0: just keep it toned down. All right. I yeah. actually, I wanted to also talk about, it's kind of in the, it's, it's not even a bad segue actually about working with, um, difficult people, like people who write shitty job descriptions, for instance. Stop talking about me, Brit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to make a joke like that, by the way.
1: I had that feeling. <laughs> sorry. Like, Penny's
0: totally going to refer to herself. Um, <laughs> so the thing is like, I was just thinking about this recently, um, just in terms of how to deal with it, right? Like how to Mm. deal with it when you have somebody at work uh, who is just sort of a troublemaker, somebody who's just always seems to be pushing back or be being negative or they just sort of have that like, you, I mean, clearly you don't want to be working with those kinds of people, but the the story is like you will be. You always will have uh, somebody. Oh, they're everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. They're doing stuff. They're apparently they have jobs. So yeah,
1: you're always going to have to <laughs> deal with difficult people. I mean, and so, I'm one of them. I can tell you all about it. <laughs> sure, but I think I'm not really.
0: I think one thing for me, and maybe I'd love to know if this, if if you, how you feel about this, but one thing for me that really helps when I'm feeling frustrated about working with someone who's a bit difficult is just sort of like really reminding myself that they probably, maybe not for sure, but they're probably doing their best under whatever circumstances they're under right now. So, you know, whether, who knows what the hell's going on with their manager and them or their job or whatever, personally, obviously, I know that's like a really sort of, it seems like a very basic thing, to say but i think that that's often what people miss is like mm. you know if we just assumed that they're probably not a complete asshole and they're probably just doing their best and they didn't mean to come off like a like a mean human <laughs> then it's so much easier to deal with them you know? A hundred
1: percent. Like that's my rule in life actually, like not just in work, but in every kind of human interaction I have. My experience is if someone's like rude to you or mean to you or difficult, it's literally never about you. It's always about them. They're they're upset or more likely at work, they're feeling really insecure Mm. or they're feeling threatened or they're feeling inadequate or it's like, they're just frightened. And actually, I mean, like I work in sales and one of my favorite parts of selling like sometimes I'll get a lead and I'll talk to them and I'll be like yeah it's a sure thing and then I'll sell it and it's quick and it's great but for me the challenge and the really exciting bit is uh coming up against someone who is a real um a detractor is what we call them um or someone who's very like uh, aggressive or annoying or whatever Mm -hmm. um I love like flipping those people because I think often like the tactic is just like, what do you need to know about them and how can you find it out? Like how many questions can you ask to make them feel like they're being heard? Um, make them feel appreciated and respected. And like, you're there to actually help them instead of just shove some solution in their face. Listen to, Um, right. Like how, like they, usually they just feel like
0: you're, no one's hearing them out or listening to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more time you can give them and the more care and attention, like they'll they'll definitely be. That, and that's a funny thing. Like we used to find this when we did training, um, Britt and I used to do run trainings with the, our friend Dee all over the world. And we found that often the person that was most negative at the start of the training would end up being the biggest promoter at the end of it because they'd be like, we changed them from being really cynical about the process to... Yeah. We really like gave them the time and attention, but we also proved our point in a really specific way. So they were kind of like, "That yeah, they'd always be like giving us hugs and like, oh, totally. I can't believe how great this is. And we were like, wait, what? A hundred percent. It was like clockwork. Like we always
0: knew on the first day yeah. we're like, that person's, we're going to convert them and they're going to be so excited. Yeah. Convert. I mean, convert's yeah. maybe the wrong word, but we're going to show them that we're actually here to help them and we're not you know, here to, you know, whatever they think it is, create more work for them or confuse, you know what I mean? Like whatever. Um, And it happened every time. It was so
1: cool. And it's sad that at the moment we can't physically do this, but I used to love just taking someone to the side and being like, hey, what's wrong? Like, talk to me about it. What are we doing wrong here? Yeah. Like just putting myself out there like being quite vulnerable and like accepting that we might need to change something we're doing and we're open to that. And we do care about what's wrong for that person.
0: Yeah. And even like a small, like I, I had a, a situation um, several weeks ago where, um, you know, someone attending a workshop was just a little bit unclear about why they were there. You know, and so mm. naturally that's like a really, that's a really bad situation to have for a workshop scenario. And, you know, it came to the point where like, you know, this person was really, you um, kind of annoyed and angry and, and sent, sent an email that was, you know, a bit, a bit abrasive, frustrated, frustrated, mm-hmm. a frustrated email basically. And like my response, I was, I was like, oh shit, you know, like this isn't the best scenario to be in. And, but my response was basically like, I'm really sorry that we didn't explain you know we didn't communicate it well enough for you why this is happening or you know what I mean it would like if you can apologize for your part because it's always two, you know there's always two people involved in the situation and even if Mm. you feel like you did nothing wrong it helps if you just kind of like you said like be vulnerable and sort of put yourself out there and
1: admit that like hey yeah I could have done that better you know but Um, also Britt, like I think that's a really great example. Like someone in one of your trainings was pissed off that they were there. And and I think everyone needs to remember this. They, they took it out on Brit because sh- they could. Yeah. They can't actually say to their manager, I'm really fucking pissed off that you're giving me way too much work Yeah. and now you're taking hours out of my day by making me attend this training. Yeah. So I'm going to take it out on the facilitator and they don't do it consciously. They just do it because that's their only option. And yeah. so like sometimes it's good to think about, okay, this person's pissed off at me and I haven't done anything wrong, but they're probably wanting they're probably wanting to expel some anger from their system. Yeah. um, And like – that's it's nothing to do with me again like exactly (laughs) exactly
0: exactly and Mm. I think that's just so important to remember that it's like this doesn't have anything to do with me this is about the situation that that person's in and you know the dynamics that that they're feeling and everything and and their workload and all that stuff so that's super important but it's also important so it has nothing to do with me but also responding with like kindness and you know um just
1: care is always the best it just Kill is. them with kindness, yeah. For sure. Yeah.
0: I got eaten alive by mosquitoes yesterday. I don't know. Where? I don't know, Penny. They follow okay. me. They love my blood. I have the
1: sweet blood. <gasps> Britt, guess what? You I do have a, too? I don't know if we're going to leave this in or what, but I have a flippant bird feeder. And it is the joy of my life. And I just need to tell everyone <laughs> that... You might not be able to make a difference in the <laughs> pandemic, but you can make a difference to a pigeon, right? By feeding them some healthy seed snacks that That's are very nice. reasonably priced. You can get them from the supermarket. And these pigeons, I'll tell you what, they are going gangbusters for my bird seed. <laughs> that is so amazing. I'm really happy to hear that. I, Penny. Seriously, I'm obsessed. I'm like sitting by the window all the time. And then someone will walk in and I'm like, don't move there's a pigeon you're a crazy snack you're a
0: crazy bird lady in training for sure
1: i'm allergic to cats so i can't do that right so you
0: can't be a crazy cat lady (laughs) it's all coming together makes perfect sense
1: so brit i'm gonna blow your mind so ready for that okay guess what i'm doing tomorrow what i'm going on a flipping 23 kilometer hike oh my god (laughs) i'm so scared britney 23 legs penny yes that's a half marathon no i know i know but i i feel that i might be able to dawdle and i'll be fine
0: okay uh how long like how fast are you gonna be walking i mean it doesn't matter it's 23 kilometers it doesn't really matter how fast you're walking it's gonna take you probably like what six five hours six hours yeah lots of hours okay six hours you could do six hours of walking Oh yeah, are you googling this as we speak? No, but I'm just imagining. Oh, you looked like you
1: were googling
0: something. No, I was just itching my mosquito oh. bites. Um, no, I'm I sorry. think that I think that it's it would probably be about six or so hours because like well, running be
1: surprised. it or longer maybe because I'm just walking at right. Brett.
0: No, I know because run. But I was thinking about running a half marathon. If you're running at like a pretty good pace, then it's like usually like
1: two hours or a little bit less. So what kind of person can run for two whole hours? I did several half marathons. I'll have you know. Are you serious? Yeah, for real.
0: Yeah. When in Canada? In Canada? Yeah, yeah, in you. Canada. Yeah,
1: I'm not a Before runner I anymore. Introduced you to the occasional cigarette, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: this is the thing that I, uh, I no, it was more because my my body, like my hip flexors, couldn't take it. I loved oh, running. Yeah. It was like this therapeutic thing. I just loved it for so long. But I did it early twenties. Early twenties.
1: I used to love running too, Britt. I actually went for a run twice a week back at home. Yeah, and now my knees are too fucked up. Yeah, because it's. I mean, it's, it's real bad. Anyway, so long story anyway. <laughs> short, I'm about to do exercise, everyone. So if you don't hear from me next week, you know it's what happened? I'm groaning on the couch, <laughs> right? Or you never, just never made it back. I'll have to maybe cancel our Friday dinner plans because I need a walking <laughs> stick. Oh my god! Actually, yeah, be careful because I will not take that as an
0: excuse. You're no, coming. I know. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there. Well, I can, can always with...
1: get myself to a restaurant. That's true. <laughs> for
0: the wine, for the food.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Oh. Well, this was absolutely lovely. I hope you enjoyed listening to Penny and I catch up, <laughs> as well as some interesting topics. And we'll be with you next week with some more hot topics. Hot topics. Hot topics. Hot topics. Hot topics.
1: Enjoy your week at work. Have a great week. Bye, bye, bye. Okay.